Hi guys, welcome back to the Max Spence Business Podcast. Today I have a very special guest. His name is Sam Asselstein. Uh, he's actually, uh, well, he, he works with a security company. He has a lot of experience in the security uh, sort of industry as well. It's great having you on the show, Sam. Hey, Max. How's it going? Great. Awesome. Awesome. I, I'm really excited for this because uh, I've actually haven't had anybody on my podcast who's actually in the security industry. So I think my viewers are going to get a lot of good uh, info from this and hopefully, you know, some key points that they can use if they decide to go into the security industry. Uh, so why don't we jump right into this? Why don't we jump with, uh, you know, people that maybe don't know who are familiar with, I know you're uh, pretty active on LinkedIn, but maybe people that aren't familiar with your content or some of the stuff you've been putting out, why don't we jump into a little intro about who you are, uh, where'd you grow up and what got you into the security industry? Yeah, perfect. Uh, yeah, my name is Sam Asselstein. Uh, I've been in the security industry for 18 years. Um, I got my first uh, job as a uh, security guard in a hospital. And um, I thought I was getting a job where I could study uh, as I was in school at the time. And I quickly came to uh, find out that healthcare security is not one of those kinds of roles. Uh, you're actively involved on a, on, a, on a regular basis in very uh, tricky, unique, complex situations. Um, and anyway, anyway, those early years left little time for studying while I was uh, working. Um, throughout my career, I've been blessed to be managed and led by fantastic leaders, uh, really special people in my, in my life who've helped me grow, learn. And um, anyway, um, since those early uh, security days, I've held uh, national uh, roles with some of the world's largest security uh, providers. Um, I've uh, traveled across uh, the United States and certainly Canada multiple times. Um, I've held a, uh, a a management role at a at a uh, mental health facility as the uh, their uh, manager of security, parking, and safety, and now I, I'm I'm finding myself where I am now, uh, which is with a fantastic group of people, uh, leading an even more fantastic group of people. And if if I had to say uh, anything about the security industry, it's all about um, the people who are. Uh, there in front of our client every day doing what they do best it really makes my job very very easy so that's a little bit about me i've done some teaching at both humber uh, and st lawrence um, in the related field of police foundations um, which was a very meaningful experience as well but i wouldn't have had that experience if i hadn't done boots on the ground work with some of our society's most vulnerable people who are patients in, in hospitals. So a little okay, bit well, about me. Yeah, that, 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 that's absolutely incredible. So I, 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 I sort of want to jump back there for a second is um, uh, I, I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile. You, you, you did uh, what well, it looks like you, you studied uh, police foundations and then sort of while you're doing that, you're working as a security uh, in the security sector and then sort of that just took over. Uh, do you think police, like was police foundations actually a really good course for security or is there another course out there that was probably better or is it, or a third option maybe is to just jump straight into, 
um, you know, maybe working in the security industry as a security guard or maybe some other, you know, um, other job role? Yeah, well, well, I got into the, um, I got into the security uh, business um, through my police foundations uh, experience. I wanted, I, I initially wanted to be a, uh, uh, a police officer and then I had someone really, I had a really strong leader uh, looking after me. And as he saw me work with patients and he saw me work with families, um, he said, I think you may have a career to work with here without getting, without moving over into the policing side of things. Um, it took me a while to understand that, but as I came to under, as I came to enjoy my experience as a frontline worker, working with, with people, I realized I could get what I needed out of this career uh, without having to leave this career. And honestly, it can be long, it can be bumpy. If I was hired by a policing agency way back then, I'd hate to know what I'd be doing now. I would probably be lights, uh, light years ahead of what, what, what I'm doing, honestly. How, however, I can't say enough about how much I enjoy what I'm doing, people that I'm working with, and the, traject the uh, trajectory that I'm on in the security industry. Okay, awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's really interesting because it's, uh, um, you know, it's like I, I'm, I'm recently out of high school and stuff, and you don't, you don't really see um, sort of high, like in high school, there's not much any courses for security or police or anything like that sort of like the next step is like university or college um so so you just started out as a security guard right correct yeah okay awesome and then uh and then sort of you just sort of built that over time and sort of ride going up to different levels of positions and stuff um, so how, how did you actually manage to do that? Like, uh, you know, to start jumping the ladder a bit, was there, did you need to get ex extra education? Uh, was it more on the job sort of training? Um, how, how did you actually sort of rise through the ranks a bit? Well, um, that's a great question. Um, the, the security industry is a massive industry. Um, hundreds of thousands of people worldwide tens of thousands across Canada. And so what I'm saying is there's a lot of opportunity for people to work security roles um, and stand in the shadows. As long as you're showing up, as long as you're where you're supposed to be, there's not an awful lot of attention brought upon you uh, for, um, for substandard performance. And, and we're changing that. Um, the second that an individual in our industry stands out, steps up, and goes above and beyond, they really, really shine. And I think that I was lucky enough to have leaders above me that saw something within me that maybe I didn't as well. Um, so with that comes education. You, um, the, continue, the continuous support of learning, um, taking courses, um, every professional development opportunity and promotion that comes your way 
my recommendation would be to go for it. The problem in private security is supervisory roles pay um, not a lot more than, than the people who they're leading. And the argument that you get a lot of the time is, you know, I don't want all that extra responsibility for uh, $2 more an hour or whatever. Um, my point is, if you don't take that role for the, minus, the minuscule amount of pay increase, you won't become a supervisor. And then you can't become a coordinator. And then you can't become a manager and you can't become a, a national director, which I, which, which I was in a, in, in, in a previous life. You have to be willing to make sacrifices and take on these roles it's not about the pay. It's about the development. Oh, okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually like that a lot. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's um, e even like just to further your career, it's just like, yeah, you might take a little bit, you know, it might, you might not be making as much and working a little bit harder on the front end, but that's going to pay off more on the back end when, you know, in the couple of years down the road, uh, when you're able to, you know, pr get promoted to a next sort of level. Uh, so I was actually really interested. So let's say somebody just enters in as like, you know, let's say ground level security guard. Uh, what's sort of like the structure that they can go up to? Is it um, is like you were saying that there's like, you know, um, security guard, then there's like a supervisor, then there's a coordinator, and then there's a national director or something. Uh, is that sort of the, like, is that sort of the normal route from uh, going up from that, like into the management role? Uh, or is there other routes that you can sort of pivot around? Well, I, I guess you, you'd be able to pivot, but it would just depend on your education or something. Well, um, uh, you know, that, that every company has different structures. So um, I, I liken it to the old McDonald's model. Does, every, do, 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 does everyone in McDonald's uh, understand and know how to make a hamburger? Um, you, with, with that model, most of them do, right? So it, uh, what I would uh, recommend to anybody getting into the security industry, regardless of your education, what you bring, what your circumstances are, um, there is a place for you in our business. Not everybody in the security industry is a security guard. We have IT functions. We have uh, real estate. We have, uh, you know, computer sciences. We have, we have a finance people. We have a huge network of people all working together to support our base function. We are a manned security guarding company, right? And without all those other people involved, no one gets paid. No one has email, no one has their phones, no one has a branch to go to, right? So what I would recommend to people coming into the security business is there's a lot of other things available to them other than man guarding. But, but the important thing, you know what? Nothing is more important to a security company than their man guarding services. Those people out there making minimum wage, doing what they do is central to our success. 
and we can never take our eyes off off that. that that's the most important part that's why when i'm driving my vehicle and going out and about my boss gives me the latitude to go from site to site to site every single day i am not permitted to walk by a uniform without stopping picking them up and driving them to work that is the most important thing that uh, can come out of this we believe in educate celebrate and motivate and once we get through to people that they're a part of a family they're a part of a a, a, a really important unit they will come back to us in spades and help out wherever they can every single day okay awesome yeah the, 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 that that sounds pretty awesome with like the work culture that uh, the company has created um, I, I want to sort of ask you about um, what, what actually got you so right now you're pretty active in LinkedIn and that's what I that's how I became aware of uh, you and what you were doing was you were doing uh, a lot of posts on LinkedIn with uh, you know, like you're saying, you're doing these uh, visits to these different uh, facilities that uh, the company was that the company is guarding or security and stuff. And you'd have like a picture with the, the some of the security guards there and tell like the story and stuff. So what, what actually yeah. prompted you to actually start getting on LinkedIn and start uh, posting a lot of content and stuff? What, what sort of made you go down that route? Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. I think uh, first and foremost, it's the right thing to do. It, it um, when you're um, when you're working with people who are struggling every day to make uh, make ends meet, and they're bending over backwards to make sure that my client is happy. <clears throat> For me to walk by them or drive by them without saying a word or saying hello. That's just completely disrespectful, and, and it's not the way that uh, I operate. The um, second reason being, selfishly, it makes me feel good. I, I like to uh, get out there and celebrate the successes. It's not my, uh, anything I post on LinkedIn is not about me. It's about them, and it's about celebrating them. Um, Max, I, I've been, I've been walked by in a hallway one too many times by managers who understand who I am, who I work for, and don't really care. And I know how that feels when you're the pointy end of the stick. And I made a promise to myself a long time ago that, um, that I wouldn't contribute to that kind of culture. And I'm working hard every day to ensure that I never will. Yeah, that, 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 that's absolutely incredible. And, and that's, that's probably one of the reasons why, like you were saying, the culture is so good is because you have people such as yourself that are willing to, you know, um, sort, of, sort of create that culture and create that sort of environment where everybody sort of knows each other. And it's very, like you said, a family environment. Um, I'll jump in. And it, it, it's, but it's not just me. I'm, I'm driven and supported in this direction by my leadership. Um, it's like you're saying, it's a part of who we are. We're a family. 
and we treat each other as such. And any be any behavior examples of non like family like behavior is um, simply that kind of behavior they work themselves out because the it's not tolerated by the family so it's actually so basic and and it's very easy to uh, think about but when you see it happening it's a very special thing okay awesome awesome so i i want to sort of jump back to a um I, I know I asked this question a little bit uh, at the beginning, but I want to sort of jump in depth and sort of get like a better understanding of uh, sort of, yeah, because you went from security guard to the national director sort of level um, and how like, you know, there might be somebody out there that's listening to this podcast that's looking to get into the security field or they're a security guard right now. And they're thinking like, you know what, I, I want to make a career out of this. How should I sort of move and sort of move up the ladder? What, what, what should I what should I do? And they don't really know where to, where to start. So do you have any like tips or pointers to somebody that let's say that's a security guard right now, or is looking to get into the security field as a security guard and sort of work their way up that sort of management level, uh, management ladder? Yeah. First of all, reach out to an influencer. Um, there's two types of people that can help you along. There's, uh, influencers and then there's decision makers those influencers have the ability to talk to a decision maker in, in, in its most simple, in the, in the most simple way of explaining it. You, no one's going to come along and tell you who those influencers are, but you, you might very well know who the decision maker is. So you have to understand who to talk to a company the largest security companies in the country are all built on succession planning so we like to understand and know who is filling in the next position right so that being said my advice to somebody who's in the security world who wants to grow, who wants more, I would say, first of all, start basic. Polish your shoes, iron your shirt, look the part, act, act professional, educate, celebrate, and motivate. Believe those things. Believe that local talent can breed global success and understand what that means to you in your role as a security guard. Now that's step one. Step two is like I said, know the influencers who is going to set me up with a career path. Who, how have I ever communicated to anybody in this company that I want more than what I'm doing? Have I ever, express that to anybody and if i haven't who do i express that to thirdly make sure your intentions are known by the decision makers so it comes full circle educate motivate and celebrate 
the fruits of your decision to stay in the security industry. Does that make any sense, Max? No, 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 no that, 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 that does make sense. It's, uh, you know, it's like, like you were saying, it starts with, you know, it starts with the basic stuff is looking presentable, uh, you know, handling yourself, uh, you know, handling, your, handling yourself well, making sure you're, you're dressed well, making sure you, you look the part, like you were saying, um, and then sort of start communicating that you're looking to uh, move up the ladder. So talk to maybe an influencer or sort of notice the influencers and then uh, the decision maker and make it aware to them um, that you're wanting to sort of move up the ladder, move to the next position or the next sort of, you know, the next sort of job role. Um, so what, what, so that, that's how you moved up. Uh, so was there anything like, was there any ever a point where you're like, uh, the management was wanting you to get more education in something else, or was it just sort of like your job experience and just showing that you have sort of a drive to do more and that you're wanting to, you know, like, Hey, I can take on this extra responsibility. Hey, I can do this extra, you know, I can learn how to do this extra sort of job title role. Um, as you move up in your career in the security uh, industry, along comes professional development. Um, next week, I'm actually going to, I'm, I'm going to be in uh, Toronto, a great city. I love it. Um, I'm attending a, a stay safe instructional programs. Uh, uh, train the trainer uh, use of force. It's my uh, eighth year. Uh, being recertified as a use of force trainer. I'm being trained by some of the country's top, <coughs> excuse me, top uh, subject matter experts in use of force as appointed through the court system. Um, and this is something that I didn't ask for. I, I didn't put my hand up. This is something that's offered to me. Um, as I've, uh, as I've grown through my career, I have never had to ask for training and educational opportunities. It's always been there. You get the tap on the shoulder and they say, go, you, you need to do this. And it, the reason you need to do this is because this is our standard and this is what we believe in. So, um, Anything outside of internal career, um, uh, professional development opportunities, anything you do on your own is just bonus. It's, it's, it shows your organization that you're taking this seriously. And someone told me a long time ago that, um, um, talked to me about lifelong learning. And as a kid, I kind of rolled my eyes and I, had ideas about the whole concept. What I'm telling you now at the age of 46, it never stops. It never ever stops. And, and what a great thing for me. That, that that's awesome. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, that leads into another question I actually have. And, and I had this other car, I had a, a similar conversation uh, with a real estate lawyer and I was talking about, is it better to, let's say join one of the bigger firms or like in your example, join one of the bigger security companies uh, to gather experience, or is it better to join one of the more boutique sort of security companies? Like, you know, maybe a local security company. Uh, and, and sort of the, the reasoning behind this was maybe if you join a smaller company, you'll get the chance to do more and have more experience. 
um, because you'll, you'll have to take on new roles and there'll be like a lot of shifting. So there might be a better opportunity to get promoted in that company. Uh, but also with the bigger companies, you probably have a better chance of, uh, you know, getting other training, like you were saying was, you know, getting some different training. So what, what are your sort of thoughts on that? Have you ever worked at a boutique, uh, security company? Uh, I know you've worked at a lot of like major uh, security companies, but um, what, what are your sort of thoughts on that with, for somebody that's maybe thinking of entering the security industry? Well, I think um, both uh, types of companies offer different things. I think that there's um, opportunities within smaller organizations that could present themselves. Um, there's our, uh, opportunities with larger organizations that can present themselves. I wouldn't put one over the other. I'd liken it to um, one of my favorite bands in the world, the Tragically Hip, talked about performing in front of small crowds and performing in front of large crowds. They're just different rooms. And they both rooms have uh, different things to offer not one being better than the other. Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, that's actually, I, I, I like that analogy a lot with, uh, with that. Um, because yeah, what, what the lawyer was saying, he was saying it's, it might be, he recommended anyway to go to a bigger law firm. Just this is, this is a completely different industry. So it, it works, it yeah. probably work a lot differently. But his, his thing was just that like, oh, if you go to a bigger law firm, you'll have that sort of like, uh, prestige on your sort of resume that, Hey, I worked at this company, like a bigger sort of name company that you can use to leverage, to get into, you know, maybe other, uh, business opportunities or something like that, or working at another company. Um, so that, 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 that's, that's sort of just like one of the interesting things, but, uh, like you were saying there is, you know, there's, it's, it's two, it's two different sort of different sectors, right? You're, you're going to, there's going to be pros to it and there's going to be cons to it. Um, so that, 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 that's pretty interesting. So I, I just want to want to talk about um, it, what, what are the, so the, a lot of people are probably thinking, ooh, se security, there's probably risks uh, associated with that. Um, and like, have, have you, you've probably had your fair share of probably interesting moments while on the job. Um, so what, what are your sort of thoughts with the risks of being a, a security guard or anything like that? Is it, is it, a, um, it, it can, it, it can probably be at points pretty, pretty dangerous and stuff, but, uh, you're probably backed by a pretty an amazing team. Like you were saying. Well, there's, um, yeah, I mean, the, the security industry is a very special uh, industry. Um, some security staff out there, um, don't have anything really to speak of in terms of tactical considerations. Um, when I say tactical considerations, I'm referring to the use of force model uh, that's adopted by police. Um, they might have a flashlight, they might have a set of handcuffs, but beyond that, they don't really have anything. The, the most you're going to see um, in the man guarding piece is a security guard with an intermediate weapon such as a uh, an expandable baton. And that's only to be used for defensive purposes, of course. Um, it, we deal every week with, um, particularly in healthcare, uh, security guards getting uh, assaulted, um, hurt. Um, uh, and, you know, it's a dangerous job. And, and I would never say 
just like I would say to my uh, to my lovely wife, who's a nurse, um, I won't I won't tolerate anyone saying this is what you sign up for, because you deserve to go home in the same way in which you arrived. The security industry uh, can be very dangerous. Th that this is this is true. Um, however, where it's been identified where the risk is higher usually those security staff have access to equipment, tactical uh, uh, considerations, as well as backup support um, to, to deal with a situation as it may come. The best weapon I can ever uh, recommend to any security person out there is their, is their use of language, their tone, their volume, and their cadence, the exercise of empathy and understanding what, some, what an individual is going through. If you have your mind around uh, those principles, you're gonna have a good shift because you're gonna make a difference out there. Okay, awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, I was sort of interested in that bit because it's like um, people might, that have no knowledge of it, and, and I, I have very little knowledge of this sort of the private security industry. Um, and you know, the people might, liken it to being a police officer or being in the military or something like that, where you are, uh, you are in a job role where your pretty much job is to stop, uh, stop people from like, well, to, to be involved with confrontation, confrontation with other humans to, you know, to protect whatever you're guarding in that sort of circumstance. Uh, yeah, I look at it differently. Our job is to comf comfortably enable people. You don't, our job is not about, um, res restricting or impeding it's about enabling within the parameters and once you flip that dynamic it makes it a lot easier for people to understand oh, okay yeah actually yeah the, I, I think that's a that's a much better way to to look at it in that point of view is that it's it's more about de-escalation than escalation absolutely and absolutely and making sure that both both parties go home happy with like what with what's happened um so i i, I know we're coming to the end here um I, i've just got one other question about it uh I, I was just wondering uh is there any other sort of myths or anything else that you would sort of like to add or anything like that uh about uh you know being in the security industry that you know a lot of people either ask you about and think that you know maybe a lot of questions that you get a lot of the time uh in the security industry Yeah, um, I think that uh, one myth out there is that all uh, security guards um, want to be police officers or they want to be something beyond what they are. I have fully certified teachers working for me. I have doctors working for me. I have nurses working for me, all in the capacity of a security guard. And they choose this low paying position. In, in many cases, it's low paying because it's, there's, a, there's a process for that. They choose this role for the purpose of helping and, and communicating with others and interacting with others in environments which you, you might not, not ever understand. So one myth is that all security guards are, are 
people who failed in another avenue. That's not the case, not the case at all. The second, um, the second myth uh, that I would probably uh, like to touch on is that there can be some, while there, there can be some high paying jobs, typically as you get in, you have to start from scratch. And you're going to start usually with something close to minimum wage. But if I'm any proof and my colleagues are any proof, you can rise through that very, very quickly as long as you, you put your best foot forward. Um, the, um, that's a great question. And I wish I had more time to, to, to consider. No, 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 yeah, no, no the, you, you, you gave two solid points there, which I really like is, and, and, and one of them, which I really like is just because, uh, you know, you maybe get into that, you get into the security at the entry level position, you can actually do a lot more. And there's a lot more opportunity as long as you're willing to sort of, like you said, put your best foot forward in that circumstance. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. So, so thank you. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, Sam. Um, where, where can, uh, let's say if somebody's interested in maybe sec security or anything like that, where can they, uh, where can people find out more about you and sort of, uh, maybe the, the company as well? Well, I can't really talk too much about the company, uh, in which I work for, obviously, but you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, just search for Sam Asselstein on LinkedIn and I promise a response right away. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you again for uh, coming on the show, Sam. It was great talking with you about the security industry. All right, Max, you're a true gentleman. Thank you very much.